you. But now, about to witness the awesome crushing a might. Oh, the U-G-S Robinson Show Stop Welcome, my friends, to a show that seemingly never sort of ever ends. Eugene S. Robinson Show Stop for V. Seven. One, Z, seven, one. We're going to talk about UFC on ESPN3, and I'm going to take a big, giant, steaming dump on, not the fight, on ESPN. Fucking had it. But before that, for those of you who just want MMA, come back in the latter half of the show. We're going to talk about hell. Not a figurative place. Not a thought construct. Not an imaginary kind of fucking metaphorical place. But an actual real place. As reported on by those guys who had died and came back. Somebody told me a story this past weekend. My mind is aflame. I will share the flame with you. But first, Bob Riley. Singing for Stigmata. Record's called Calling It Adjust. Song is called Intro All of Nothing. Our bumper music forever. Still available from Revelation Records in Huntington Beach, California. Hit the car with a hammer. I'm taking a real good look at you. I'm taking a real good look at your face. So being paid back in full always nothing. Oi, 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 oi. Ladies and gentlemen, oi, you have. You know, I got friends who are proud boys. Man, it, it's taken everything, everything within my, I said, the connection is, I said oi, as in oi music, and then started thinking of those guys with their kind of vaguely skinhead-esque shirts, and I thought, proud boys. And I thought, I got friends who are kind of associates, who are kind of in the proud boys, and it's just really hard for me to do my live and let live thing, you know? It really is hard, exceedingly hard. And don't give me that, well, you have friends in Antifa too. I do have friends who are in Antifa too. It's less hard for me to give them a hard time than it is for the proud boys. And I did that lilt in, in, in on this day of pride you see my post about my daughter and her girlfriend. They're up at the, at the, at the parade. I'm telling you, keep your backs to the walls. Keep your eyes on the exits. There are fucking lunatics out there. I don't want you two to get killed. Love them both. Don't want them to get killed. But uh, th- these guys who are railing against infantilizing of, of uh, uh, proud North American male social, uh, chauvinist, 
And then they infantilize themselves by calling themselves boys. At least change the spelling, make it B-O-Y-Z, like boys in the hood, or call yourself proud men, but proud boys? I think that tells you all you need to know. It's hard for me not to, to live and let live with those cats. Yeah, you're my friends. It's like Jack Nicholson said once, he said, it's hard having friends who are dumbasses. I'm not saying they're dumbasses. They seem to be pretty bright, principled guys, but it's an urge and a will to power that, that set Gavin down this road. I don't know how I ended up talking about Gavin. That, and it wasn't my intention at all. But I had to explain my comment about the oi, which is what I used to start out the show. It is a cockney way of saying, hey, but it also became a style of music for those of you who don't know. Uh, and, and this maybe ties in. I remember at one point he he put on some, he put something on uh, on up on um, uh, we, uh, before even all the social media shit. I was on one that we were emailing or his listserv or something. I don't remember some group chat thing we were in. He was like, "I challenge, I, I will fight anybody. I will fight anybody." And I said, "I'll fight you." And he goes, "I will fight anybody but you." Uh, <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, well, I, can I fight anybody? Because you can fight anybody too." And he, he, he very much, you know, initially started this kind of punk rock um, idealism, like in the free range of ideas, I should be free and comfortable to express any kind of fucking idea I want, no matter how strange, right? Because who are you to tell me who, what the fuck I can say, which could have been a punk rock lyric or hardcore lyric from back in the day. Yeah, of course, it became pretty clear after Maximum Rock and Roll and the whole thing with Agnostic Front that it wasn't really so much about saying anything you want. It was about saying things that you wanted that weren't jackass. There was, of course, bands like Screwdriver with their famous song, Run and Nigger Run. And people would tell me, well, I like Screwdriver. They're okay, man. I just don't listen to the lyrics. And there's Burzum, the guy who found a dildo at his friend's house and then stabbed him to death. There's Norwegian black metal. Clearly, I, I mean, I can't see stabbing somebody to death over a dildo. I don't give a shit. What you want to do with your dildos is your own business. And that's the thing. My attitude is laissez-faire. As you've heard me say, Charles Manson, always nice to me. Very generally laissez-faire, but it doesn't mean I have opinions about what they've done. And this ties in. This is what we call a professional segue. But before we get into discussions of hell, I want to do some housekeeping. Today is the last day of the fucking month, June 30th. Tomorrow, I, I find out exactly whether the commercials, the top of the hour commercials have borne some fruit. Some of you have, have loaded in with a dollar, five dollars. I got to send you t-shirts for the five dollars. I think I'm going to cut back on that offer because, bro, getting down to the post office. I'm just going to do a fist fight in the post office the other day. Some guy left his phone there, came in and started shouting at the little old Asian lady who was working behind the counter. He goes, you think this is funny? You think this is funny? Why you speak some English? To and I was like, bro, shut your fucking mouth. Shut your fucking mouth. You're not sitting at your computer. It was, well, you don't, you don't understand. She just It's not her job to keep track of your personal fucking belongings. If I worked here, I'd go in the back and smash your phone to bits if I could find it. Stop it. So I hate going to the post office. But in, in any case, uh, this is the last day of the month that we find out. So go to patreon.com slash the stomper. And give a dollar. That's it. I actually put it in the description on, on YouTube. So it's usually you gotta put this but I put it in the description. You can do it there. Or if you don't want to deal with them, and I understand that because it means I get the cash sooner, pinko 
P-I-N-K-O-95014 at yahoo.com. You can PayPal me a fucking nickel there, and I'll appreciate it. And I'll get it immediately. So this is the last day of the month. Tomorrow, we could. it doesn't make a difference because, let's see. Um, this next weekend is a fucking massive monster of all fights. And we talked about it in Care Don't Care, which goes on Monday. Um, so next Sunday, we'll mostly be talking about the fight. So even if you guys don't pull up, fucking square. And I don't want to be those cats, the usual suspects, because those guys dig deep and they dig often, and I'm starting to feel bad. And you know who you are. Retired fireman, bro. Stop. Don't. Until you get the tax thing situated, do not send me anymore. I will not take your money. Your money is no good here, in other words. But other people, the freeloaders, load on, bro. So that's it for the commercial. But let's talk about hell. So I go to uh, a guy who used to uh, train with us, opens a school up in Rockland. So if you live in Rockland near Sacramento, you should go train there. It's SLL, Saigon Luda Livre. It's not, uh, you know, you won't be Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Diamond doesn't. Luda Livre is Brazilian catch wrestling. Check it out. It prizes uh, 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 submission over position. So, all, you know, you go against guys who are BJJ guys. They don't really kind of, what the fuck is this? They don't know. And, you you know, it looks janky. It's not as pretty. It's kind of ugly. Like, I tapped some guy today with some fucking crazy. And you're just making shit up. If you can't do it again, I did it again. I'm on my way to creating a whole system based on catch wrestling, joint locks and fucking pain holds and all that kind of shit. Just like American catch wrestling. Anyway, we're driving up there, and I'm driving up there with Marty G from the JJB. And he said, said he's, he does talk, in actual fact. And he said he had watched this series. Now, he doesn't watch this show and doesn't know that we had been going into that whole thing about um, sacks of skin, the consciousness soup, you know, where you go when you dream, the th- third law of thermodynamics about how energy is neither created or destroyed, and that um, that we are in a game, and you know you're in a game because there, there are rules of, of the game. And we somehow started talking about hell, and I led up with that book that I read called The Hierarchy of Hell. And that's a good book. But essentially, it seems like one of those books that was written by somebody who's on the verge of getting their PhD, publish a parish, they had to write a book, because it didn't really seem to be book-worthy, but it seemed like an interesting premise or a treatise that was blown into a book form so a guy could get his PhD. But the essential premise, as I remember from the hierarchy of hell, was was kind of getting at the base root of why hell, as a literal concept, had fallen out of favor with the majority of people who were even prone to believe, right? And, and they said something, he said something pretty compelling, like, okay, well, is it science, right? Like, we know enough about what actually constitutes land underneath us, the magma and all that shit. To know that they're they're not physical corporeal beings that you can see down there. If you drill down, they're looking for oil or whatever, and drilling down to the magma via volcanoes or whatever. And I'm not seeing guys with pitchforks. That that's not it. That's not what he says. He goes, oh well, it's because uh, not the real reason. You can, whatever reason you come up with is probably not going to be the real reason. The real reason they said that hell fell out of out of vogue in terms of common collective beliefs that we all share regardless of religion whether it's islam or you know there's this place called gehenna this afterlife place right where the the evil are punished 
Uh, it fell out of favor. It, in other words, people stopped believing in, in the possibility of its, its actual existence because of the fact that uh, it was really a kind of juris, jurisprudential in the sense that people couldn't conceive of a crime that justified infinite torture, perpetual torture. Like, you could kill somebody and you go to jail for fucking life. Rare occasions at this point now, you get the death penalty. Many places I think the death penalty is uncivilized. And we also don't like the state being a, personally, I used to be, when I was a kid, of course, pro-death penalty. And now I was like, yeah, that's before I had a driver's license. <laughs> that's most people's social security and driver's license, maybe taxes, your first fucking encounter with the machine, the Russia that you don't weigh more than. And you've seen how shit gets fucked up. And imagine you were fucking in the justice system. Or alternatively, like I have an aunt who had lost her mind and she was in the mental institution. They kept visiting her and they finally, see, I want to move. I don't like it. I don't like it. here. People stealing my stuff. I don't like it. I'm like, nah, come on, come on, Carol, relax, relax, relax. You know, and finally they said, look, this, there's some irregularities here. We're going to move her to a nicer place. And so they're moving her to a nicer place. And they're asking her, hey, what happened to the VCR we gave you and the toaster oven and all that shit? She goes, I told you they've been stealing my stuff. Turns out, oh, she wasn't crazy. She was right. They were stealing her stuff. This is one of those things. So this cat, um, we were talking about afterlife experiences. And at first, we noted that people die and, oh, I walk toward the light. And, and, and those seem eerily similar. So we can dismiss those out of hand. And so he said, well, there have been a couple that have been pretty compelling. Of many cases, many more cases where people die and they hear conversations in other rooms that they couldn't possibly have heard through a wall or through a fucking walkie-talkie. Um, and then somehow they shock them back to life and they come back to the bodies and go, yeah, I heard a guy talking downstairs at reception about how the fuck does that happen? I said, they talk about demonic possession. Okay, and most times now that's been dismissed with this idea that demonic possession was just, you know, psychopathology, high-grade schizophrenia, people, bipolar disorder, people have a severe mental illness. Yeah, except for those cases in which they're speaking fluently other languages they've never, ever been exposed to. Now, people have done that with head injuries. Severe head injuries that lead to comas. People wake up with a coma, all of a sudden speaking English with an English with an you know English with an English accent. Sometimes people who are not fluent in Spanish at all become fluent in Spanish. Weird things have happened with the brain. But there's no possible way. In this, theories of knowledge say that, in other words, a shoebox of understanding, everything that exists inside this universal shoebox, you have to have had some sort of knowledge-based understanding of it for you to be able to conceive of it. Like the question I always ask on this show is, have you ever seen a cow and been confused about whether it was a cow or not? You know, this is why all in sci-fi movies, all of the creatures are humanoid because we can't imagine that which we cannot imagine, right? So you get me? So there have been cases in, of demonic possession in which people have spoken Aramaic. I wouldn't know fucking Aramaic. Okay, I know the fighter guy who I did the piece on 
the grappler guy, uh, Benny El Dariush, he speaks Aramaic. And there are a few people left who speak Aramaic, but they speak modern Aramaic, speak Aramaic from the time of Jesus. Jesus' language is rare, that's strange, and no amount of brain injury is gonna cause that. And yet it sits in that universal shoebox of things that maybe you had to be exposed to you knew. In other words, I'm saying I'm gonna give credence to demonic possession, but of course, that's a sub-level of understanding, right? Because it, that sits that sits under underneath underneath the books, the Quran, the Torah, the Talmud, the Bible, Judeo-Christian, Abrahamic books. These are all under here. The super level that we're talking about, where we have the universal con- the, the consciousness, thermal law, thermodynamics, energy neither being created nor destroyed. The the, the soup the soup of of of, of souls that then you know inhabit the sacks of skin that we call people um that sits over here the game the game that we're playing we're talking about this being a simulation life being a simulation that is all super stuff what what's the clearest case clearest case indication that this is a game to you should be these books which are rule books right in order to play the game correctly <laughs> okay so a, a, a demonic possession, you know, to a certain degree, I think has to do with not as dictated by these books here, this level, because you've been evil or bad or these are demonic, but something that's happening here on an a-religious level. Religion has just been like a shitty attempt to explain it. There's something else over that. So he said um, he's been paying attention to these cases where people have died and they go and they seem different and credible. And he said, there's one guy that he found really compelling. And the guy was a self-acknowledged sort of piece of shit in life. He dies, right? For whatever reason, he dies. And as he's in that fugue state, post-death, heart stop. Now, you got to understand, first of all, when you die, you're now sitting outside of time. Physicists will tell you, you're no longer bound by space and time. Space and time, these things are temporal measures that are very much a part of of life right you die you become part of this super universal with the consciousness soup is the time is not an issue because time is how you measure here to there it will take me time to get to you right these are measures physics raw material measures of how do i get this body through space Consciousness doesn't exist there. So this guy dies. In other words, you're saying, well, you, how long could, I'm trying to, trying to get you to think about it in terms of if he dies, all of what I'm about to say that, ha- that he said happened to him, you see, well, how long would, doesn't matter. At the point where he dies, he was in, an, in infinity time. So you can say, well, they shocked him back to life in 13 seconds. It wasn't enough for all that stuff to happen. He was in a timeless place. So he dies, and uh, he's in a place very much like the place that he, he's in. And it's like a long hallway. And he sees people who are, vague, some guys who are like vaguely human. Over there. They're like, hey, hey, come on. Hey, come here. And he's like a door. And he's like, I got to go through this door. It's very light. You know, it's nothing. He's like, come on, come on. We're going to go down. And it's a couple of them. And he's like, cool, you know. They start, start, I'll go with them. 
I mean, he's vaguely aware of the fact that he's left the sack of skin behind, but it's okay. And they start walking, you know, down this lit hallway. I mean, there's nothing of, I mean, it's hallway in the sense that it's a passageway. I mean, it's not like it's a hospital, like he's in, still in the hospital. He's in this passageway. And as they walk and, and they get further away, at first, the, the, the guys who have urged, come on, you know, come on, come out, fuck that, come on with us. At first, they, they're getting kind of sarcastic. You know, they're walking through, they're, they're passing, they're not physical bodies. They're pat, there's a passage through the passageway. And they, uh, they uh, you know, being kind of sarcastic, that's kind of weird. And as they get further away from where he was, his sack of skin down this passageway, they get a little bit more than sarcastic. They actually get kind of mean. Um, and there's no physical thing. You know, it's not like he's afraid of being beaten up. They're being hurtful. They're saying hurtful things about him that are actually making him hurt, right? About the life he led and so on. And he finally realizes that they're fucking demons, right? You might call them referees or game masters, right? So what's happening with these game masters is that they are forcing, he's a self-admitted sort of piece of shit in life, but hasn't really owed up to it, right? In life, they say Aristotle, or it was, no, a couple of people have said this, it was, I think, incorrectly attributed to Aristotle. No man consciously does evil. And you can find very, Hitler, he had plenty compelling business reasons for doing what he did, he would say. What the, you know, people say, oh, you know, all of the things in the game set, Torah, Talmud, you know, Quran, the Bible, all of these things are about reckoning. I might bullshit you any day of the week like the Hitlerian three secrets. The lies I share with you, the lies I tell you, and the ones about future events as, as yet unknown. You know, I, I could bullshit you all day. But the one that offends the eye of the God and it creates game set problems is when you're bullshitting yourself. All right. Here's an example in, in the physical world. I, bullsh I believe that sugar has magical powers. If I eat sugar, it gives me lots of energy. If I pour sugar in my gas tank, it'll drive my car. It will not drive my car. Anyway, so this guy died, and they're, demons are being, and they're forcing him to confront. I mean, in other words, it's like that woman who I dated who was like, she thought it was I was less than manly because I didn't like to argue. She thought I was avoiding arguing because I was afraid and couldn't face certain facts about myself. And I said, okay, well, if I was going to argue with you right now, probably what I would say is something like this. And I said the most horrible, truthful thing I could, no curse words, not you fucking bitch, you stupid bitch. I, I gave a very correct and truthful and insightful and incisive rendering of exactly what was wrong with her. And all the color drained from her face. And she was like, you're right. You're right. We shouldn't argue because you don't know how to do it and you're too mean. So I'm a truth teller. And that's what these demons were doing. Getting them all these excuses and reasons for why you lived the life. You, they were fucking like scales from your eyes. 
No, we know you, piece of shit. Now, why would they care? In other words, back to the idea in the book, Hierarchy of Hell, that there's no thing that you should be punished. It's not about punishing. So this guy, he, 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 they shock him back to life. He comes back to life. You can find him on YouTube. He tells his story about having gone to hell, essentially, or going to hell. And so me and Marty G start to postulate. He says, well, you know, um, understanding that this is the, the, all of the world religions are, 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 game, are, are game rule sets that are trying to get you to do essentially what he thinks is fundamentally necessary, which is that this overriding intelligence here, the game master, um, was bored. Now, they did a computer simulation. I'll be finished with this soon. Stick with me. There is computer simulation of, um, of, um, of the unit, and they fed all these coordinates to the computer and said, and this just came out this past week, show us what the universe looks like. And the computer essentially generated, uh, based on all of the available parameters, generated a pictograph of what, the un what, what reality looks like. And are there three? They look like worms. Three of them, large, not touching. In, in this big white space, and they point little pinpoint dot. They say that's the fucking Milky Way. So you have these multiverses, which we've already heard about. Brian Green, a former captain of my high school wrestling team, now the guy, the string theory guy, has talked about multiverses. You got all these multiverses. Versus. Who knows what, what the transfer lines are between them? But all of these multiverses seem to exist in the place of, of, of time because they've been measured by a computer. There are realms, there are proto realms, realms on top of super realms of uh, outside of where thermodynamics, uh, uh, agencies need to create, destroy, where consciousness exists. But in order, so whatever is there had some desire to know itself. These are just theories. And as part of understanding itself, it had to understand suffering. So it had to build into the game suffering. Um, and, and by, you know, and the Big Bang is even science. So I'm going to put the, the Quran, Torah, Talmud, uh, the Bible, and I'm going to put laws of thermodynamics. Science. All of these are attempts to try to, uh, like, like the demiurge takes the realm of a platonic uh, triad, the realm of eternal ideas, good, true, and beautiful, and and filters them into our daily living. Beautiful flower, you know, true poem. These things. Um, beautiful child. We can see the divine through them. We can see the super up here. Up here. Over the books of the Bible, over the laws of thermodynamics, we could have a desire to know itself, understand suffering. But what's necessary is that all that shit that I throw out, it's like running the film backwards as it comes back in. And remember, the universe, the material universe, is expanding. But at some point, because it's expanding, it'll contract, they say. So it's like throwing this shit up in the air. And as it comes back to the essential core of you know, magna consciousness, it will it will come back perfect because it will understand suffering. And you interfere with the process 
by pouring sugar in your gas tank or no man consciously doing evil, justifying, well, I had to kill those six million Jews. I had to because it would be, at least that's what I thought. No, no, no. You have to have a correct rendering. You can bullshit everybody else. You can bullshit us. So I've talked about this on other shows about the kid who all of a sudden had, he was his own grandfather. He had been reincarnated. He remembered his grandfather's memories. He identified places that that family hadn't been for a hundred years. They went back to the county records and saw there's all kinds of slippage. But every single one from the laws of thermodynamics to all these books seem to indicate the temporal nature of our lives here, but it also the interchange of the fungible nature of it. Whether we have Hinduism or Buddhism, the idea of nirvana or ideas of reincarnation in the Bible, they have Lazarus back from the dead. There have been, we have crossed the veil of death many a time. Where, where does this leave us? Well, I think, you know, depending on which book you have a different set of beliefs but i think in general in general there have been people who haven't had horrible horrible hell landscapes when they die some of the others that we talked about they discovered that they had really beneficent wonderful things and these are people who generally have been searchers and seekers after truths their whole lives you know led fairly decent lives decent not by if a guy cheats on his wife you don't go to hell for this a guy who's honest about cheating on his wife is more likely to go than a guy who's dishonest about charitable giving, say. In other words, you can't game this fucking system. But one of the things that he, he uh, Mario G was saying that he had picked up from this was that once you get to this place, this place over the laws of science, thermodynamics, and all the biblical books, when you get over here, one of the things that they say is was pretty noticeable based on some of the people who have died and longer and then come back is that um you, you, ignorance is a product of the material world because distance implies ignorance mm, I, I could be massacring that like i don't know what you're doing right now because i'm not there if you sit outside of a place where here and there are bifurcated in other words up here in this consciousness soup where time no longer exists distance no longer exists these people came back and they said they knew everything. Like everything there was to know, they knew. A universal consciousness. Like if you read Jim Starlin's version of uh, Captain Marvel when his hair changes color. I think it was blonde that changed to white. And he goes, I don't feel universally conscious outside of the fact that my hair is not white. And the in-betweener said, well, how did you know that without looking into a mirror? He said, oh, man, just knew it. In other words... That universal shoebox of the material world that holds things that, that are known to us, even if we don't know we know them, there's a much larger shoebox that has no edge, that sits up over here where we know everything. If you've led a decent life, that guy who was led down the hallway by the demons and he didn't say anything about tails or wings, this looked like normal people but they were truth tellers. And if you remember, if you go back to the ancient Greek, demons were actually like uh, um, 
messengers, carrying messages from the from the divine back and forth to humans. Makes sense. All this stuff, you know, it came from here. Filters down and gets interpreted different ways. If I run into a place in Iceland and start screaming about a chair, they might not know what I'm talking about. If I draw them a picture, they'll understand. Corollaries, cognates. So um, that was that was my Saturday, and went and trained. My our buddy opened a new school. Then we came back and we trained today. But my head has been aflame about these post post death experiences. It doesn't really add very much to the the the, the soup of consciousness, um, except to know that there's a lot of fucking interplay. And of course, like we talked about before, you know, the realm of the known and knowable. All I have to do is go on some social media to see what I was wearing last Tuesday, but I don't remember it now. It still does personally pain me to have a sense that the life and experiences I'm having now will be forgotten to me in the same way that I can't remember what I wore on Tuesday, but I have to assume that as upset as I am about what I can't remember that I wore on Tuesday, which is not very, it'll be very much like that. And holding on too much to these memories seems to presage a certain kind of egoism that you, you don't really need. There are movies I've seen that I've really enjoyed, I've forgotten. Uh, Only God Forgives, Ryan Gosling and Kristen Thomas Scott, Scott Thomas. I just saw that. Can't remember her name. I'm not really bothered by it. I enjoyed the movie. And so it goes with life. Anyway, I'm sorry I took us down that aside. I hope it's got you thinking about what. I don't know. But I'm going to have to go down that Nick Cave road off of the murder ballads and sing the song, Death is Not the End. And one of you who did a true story for me, and you know who you are, who wrote about your multiple suicide attempts. I've had to fight with some of the people who are editing the piece because they philosophically want to want it to say something else. They philosophically want you to distance yourself from it. And, other, and I'm unwilling to do that because you wrote it as you wrote it. And I have to assume that what's happening is your present situation is being informed, not by these books here, not the Quran, the Torah, the Talmud, the Bible, the laws of science, but stuff that happens here in that conscience, wherever you were from. The rules outside of the rule books. So who am I? You might have a clearer understanding. Doesn't mean that suicide's right for me, but you might have a clearer understanding of the game that you're personally involved in playing than I do. I can't make that decision for you. Anyway, uh, I've rambled on long enough. Uh, the, I, I'm shitting all over ESPN right now. I'm going to shift to talking about um, uh, uh the UFC on ESPN3, I fucking canceled it. I canceled ESPN Plus because don't fuck with me. Do not fuck with me. I had my whole day planned. Drove like mad back from Sacramento. We're going to sit. You know, Kosh is not here. Wife is not around. So I'm going to just fucking eat something. I'm going to relax, get clean, take a shower, cool out for the fight. I want to see the prelims. And I'm watching some shit. And there's, oh, I got the pre-fight show on the phone. And, 
And then I'm like, okay, well, hold on, six o'clock. I'm supposed to be. Can't find them. Can't find. Oh, they're on ESPN. I go straight to ESPN. They're not there. I'm sort of fucking panicked. I spend like the 47 minutes. I'm fucking around. I finally like try. I say, oh, you got to go into Xfinity. I didn't really realize I had Xfinity on my phone. I get Xfinity on my phone. I go, great. I can watch the fight because it's not a pay per view. I will. It's okay. It's a. You don't have it. They said, "Well, use the number. Call the number." They say, "Yeah, you don't. You don't have this." So I get ESPN Plus. I pay the fucking money every month. What do you mean I don't have it? They said, "Well, this comes through Comcast, and so you have to. You got to pay for the." I go, "You know what? Cancel it. You fucking cancel it." Because well, I don't understand why you're upset with me. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't fuck with you guys anymore with this. With this. Fucking bait and switch shit. You know why I paid for it. You know why I paid for it. You, you, the promises you made were the promises that are not being delivered, right? I paid so I could watch the fucking fights, not so at six forty-seven I could be sitting around going, "Hey, how come I can't fight?" And calling fucking helplines. And she's like, "Well, you want to cancel it? Yeah, yeah, cancel it now." Now she's, "Well, I have to send you information." Great, fine, thank you. I get it. They send me the email. I fucking cancel it. Fuck you, ESPN. I'm back to the wine bar because you had a great system and you fucked it up. It's like, look, look, look. You know what? I knew a guy who went to Egypt. He's walking around Egypt. He's having a great time by himself, taking pictures. Boom, knocked in the head. He wakes up. His camera's gone. His traveler's checks are gone. His passport is gone. And he's been raped in the ass. And Connor McNuggets was nowhere to be seen. Guy was like, man, this is a fucking shitty day. I, I'm having a shitty fucking day. I don't know where that story was going. But <laughs> I'm not, sorry, I'm joking. I ate a bunch of stuff too fast. So, you know, so, but the guy was like, well, you know, I, I, I you know, I got one thing and then I got the other. I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't fake it. I can't. I can't remember where I was going with it. There was a story. I got lost in the in the camera and the the the, 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 the ass rape thing. It, it did happen then. Guy went to Mills College, and uh, um, but so it, oh that oh so yeah. The comparison point was me with okay. So I get Fight Pass. Fight Pass sucks. I have to get rid of Fight Pass. How many months did I pay for Fight Pass before I realized Fight Fight Pass was irreparably damaged and was fucking me over? Like six. How much did I get to watch on Fight Pass? I didn't get to watch shit. I didn't watch one, even one fight from beginning to end, and yet I put $60 into fucking Fight Pass. So I tap out to that. All right, so then they get ESPN Plus. Oh, $4.99 to see his fight, and it works beautifully. I'm like so happy. You've heard me talk about how happy I was. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. I can watch it here. I can put the car. It's great. I don't have to fuck around. Seven o'clock, I get the fights. I don't care. Pay per view. Fuck it. I'll pay. I could be at the wine bar paying $10. Fuck that. 60 on my phone. I'll do it. I'm, I'm agreed. Oh, yeah. That, that, was, that was a comparison point. You know, they knocked me out. That's a drag. They knocked me out to take my camera. That's a drag. And I write out there my camera, my traveler's checks, that's a drag. And my passport, that's a real drag. And then you had, that's insult to injury. Then you had to rape me in the ass. I am not being willing to be raped in the ass by ESPN. And I don't know who's at fault, but I, I can't give you guys money anymore. You fucking suckered me already. It's Lucy and Charlie Brown and the football. 
How many times am I going to let this happen? And coincident to the fact that I can't get ESPN 3, magically it's 3. Remember, I used to go to fucking fight uh, the, 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 the Spike and then Spike TV and then Fox and then Fox 1 and Fox 2. They've, they've learned something. They can fuck us. They can knock us out, take our camera, take our stuff again and again and again. And I, for one, am not fucking having it. I'm not having it. I'm done. So apparently, I would have to pay some other fee through Xfinity, Comcast, to get this ESPN3 thing, which didn't exist when I got it. So now, at 6.57, I'm the, I missed the first fight. Okay, I didn't care about the first fight, so this is why I'm not completely flipping out. I only cared about three fights in that fight card uh, yesterday. Three. But fuck is, I will not. And then coincident to that, suddenly they're seeing the bald one on interstitial commercials talking about, come back to Fight Pass. We got Fight Pass. We got our biggest library. Fuck you guys. Fuck you guys because I know it could work. And the fact that it doesn't work means you don't want it to work, which means you have a business case for it not working better than it does. You make more money off of me having it be fucked up and moving. Find the red. Find the red. Look, where, where's the P? Three-card Monty game. You make more money doing that than just being a straight shooter. And the fucked up thing is I would pay any amount of money. I would pay. I'm a fucking addict. I would fucking pay. Say $100 a year. Fuck yeah, I'll pay. Shoot, it's cool. As long as I can get it at 7 o'clock or 6 o'clock or 5 o'clock without fucking around. I had a perfect setup yesterday. And where did I watch it finally? Thanks to Mr. Angry. Yeah, I don't know if he wants his real name. I, I fucking watch it on some illegal stream. Fuck you. Sorry. But the fights themselves, let's get right to it. Man, oh, man, oh, man. I picked Nganu to win for many different reasons that it were covered on uh, – on the Care Don't Care preview. But number one, man, I don't think he was afraid of Junior Dos Santos. The only time he's frozen was against Miocic and uh, and Derek the Black Beast Lewis. And uh, he froze against those guys and lost those fights. And Derek the Black Beast Lewis was an especially terrible fight, but he wasn't fucking beaten from pillar to post. He wasn't dominated. The wrestling put him behind on the cards against Miocic but he didn't suffer any fucking damage. He would have been at the gym the next day if he had been somebody I was trained. He's fine. In other words, he didn't lose because of obvious glaring absences in his in his skill set that weren't predated by a fear of the person he was fighting. He wasn't afraid. I saw one glimmer when they're in the cage finally and they're and Buffer's doing his thing and and Junior Dos Santos is mean mugging him. And I could see one glimmer of like, oh shit, dude is like, you know. And then when they right before they touch gloves, he's like this, and he's like, oh, dude is like kind of serious, and kind of like, hey, you know, we just it's just game, right? He seemed a little bit nervous, but as when it started, when they started swinging, look, he hit him in the ear, right? So uh, Junior says overextends. One of the original fucking entrants of the Lost Battalion. People go, Eugene, isn't it possible that he could get out of Lost Battalion? I said, no. No. And he's talking crazy now. I'm talking about Gino Santos. He's talking crazy now. If he's still talking, we'll give him the buffer zone. We give him a leeway period, the fucking honeymoon period until Wednesday. If he's still talking crazy stuff at Wednesday, which he will be, you know, we could just kind of go, man, 
you know, you, you let the Gauleiter general slip by you and you'll never remove him. But what you're calling positivity, we're calling mist, my friend. This idea that you let Francis Ngannou, listen, I've been knocked out and I've been knocked down in MMA fights I've done. So the instance in which I was knocked down, the dude hit me square, square on the ear. If you were sitting here with me now and I hit you as hard on your arm or your body or whatever, your face even, as he hit me on my ear, you wouldn't even say, ow. You'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? It was a really delicate, right up, but it hit right on the ear, shoved air in the ear. I got dizzy. I said, oh, shit. I fell down, swiveled, and tried to pull in my guard because I knew they would stop the fight. I had a terrible headache for like a week, two weeks after that, though. That's what Dos Santos got hit with first. The ear thing. You could see him go like that. Oh. But in this, Francis Ganu was right because I know having gotten that leg while you're fully fucking conscious and you're able to stay in the game. Because I don't know what kind of black belt of jujitsu he is. What I did when I got hit like that, fell to my back fucking beetled around so I could get my legs space, keep him an open guard. That's not what uh, Dos Santos did. He turtled. It's all right. And he got a couple of sh- other shots in. Oh. I hear noises. You might find that not healthy, my friend. He did. He turtled and took a, a couple more shots. He took two going down. Somebody said something because I still watched it on the phone, so I didn't see it. Somebody watching the big screen go, the second shot split his nose. But from the side, I have to re-watch it. And he turtled. And you know why it was a good stoppage? Because dude stayed turtled. He didn't get up. There was no complaining. Nothing. I think he thought he would get lucky. The dude is not going back to sleeping out in dumpsters, man. He's not doing it. Not going back to Cameroon broke. And I guarantee you, if you were to look at his bank account, he's not getting paid what he should either. Fuck, I'm, I'm quite sure the bald one is trying to pay him with goats. Hey, buddy. You get made yourself a big five tonight. Man. Fuck, man. I wrapped up. Got five fucking goats. Yeah, all right. right. Well, they gave him the $50,000 performance of the night bonus, so maybe he can buy some nice goats. I love goats. I'm trying to get a goat. My wife is stopping me. He goes, well, why don't we start out with chickens first? Are you out of your fucking mind? In what planet is are goats like chickens? Well, they're farm animals. I don't uh, Point well taken. So he does, he goes, and he calls... And people are like, well, you know, what are you about? Dana's like, well, Baldwin's not, that's not so, they're not so fast. But look, all dude is doing is putting his quarter on the fucking side of the pool table and let you know. Because this fight with DC and Miocic, you know, this is a Diana Ross fight, where the roads turn. I'm predicting, it was a prediction. It doesn't even have to be a major prediction. If, if DC loses, he's like, you know what? I'm done. I was supposed to be done back in March, but I'm really done now. So long, Johnny Boney, Johnny. I'll leave it to you. You can fight Steve if you want. I got kids to raise, coach, kids to coach. 
commentator to do. I feel perfectly fine with what I've accomplished at this point in time. If 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 DC beats Miocic, I could see Miocic going, you know what? Fuck this. I got a job as a fireman. My last big payday. I'm not going to stick around fucking trying to wait for some interim title. Ah, fuck you. All that Ngano was doing is putting his name on the table so that he's like, whoever comes out of it, if both of these guys retire and you have to fucking fight, the next fight I fight, I want it to be the winner of that fight has a belt. That's it. That's it. I thought it was completely defensible. I mean, there's not much you can much say about a fucking one minute, 11 second fight. Uh, I mean, Sagano, uh, I think he's back in the, well, he's always in the lost battalion. But I think he's still given the name the heavyweight division. I think if he's still, if he's still game, he's their game to have him be game. But he's still buffeted about by Mr. Wood. The other fight, ah, man, he's killing me. The other fight right before then, I, I don't have much enthusiasm for. We're talking about Joseph Benavidez. I, I was I got all my fight picks are correct, by the way. I was three three, three for three. But you know, and it's not the division, you know, necessarily. It's not really a division. It's like, damn, man. These guys are just uh, I mean, Formiga fought with some sort of I don't need a guy to fight with anger, but I do need him to fight with emotional content. I don't need to see gross grocery clerks scuffling. And I get the sense that Benavides was actually fighting. He calls it, they call me two-time Joe. I beat these guys two times. The Cejudo, come on back, bro. I, damn. Yeah. And it's not that I don't, when he came into the panel and you could see him stand next to, what is it, Kamaru Usman. But, ah, fuck, I had no idea he was that tiny. It's not, it's not the size, man. It's the personality. I just like, he's like, yeah, when your family life is okay and everything is centered, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Hey, you know, this is everything. You understand the nature of your job. Okay, bro, I stopped listening to you five minutes ago, please. I'm not saying that I need this reality TV thing happening where stupidity reigns and people have to be saying outrageous stuff and, you know, suck my dick and then the McNuggets and the, 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 the hand dolly. I don't need that. I mean, in, in actual fact, you know what? You know what? You know what? If you want a textbook guide, go to the Diaz's. Because what they do, the ballet that they put, pre-fight ballet that they pull off, is pretty phenomenal. It's equal parts of everything. It's a little bit of McNuggets. It's a little bit of this. It's a little bit of that. And it gets you at the right time. It's the one-note Johnny's. Johnny one-note. Mel Torme. Great song. It's those one-note Johnny's that get you tired. Colby Crappington, who's about to get murked by Lawler. Thank God, finally. Unless they put a little something extra in the envelope for Lawler. He's like, yeah, yeah, fuck it. Fuck out there. They don't understand that the, the tonality is everything. I mean, it's it's called, it's it, if you're involved in stagecraft, it's called a dynamic. So, uh, so Benavides and yeah, I picked Benavides to win, but I'm not so enthusiastic. And what was the fight before then? Let me look on the my little tote sheet. 
They're the only three fights I cared about. Uh, and that was Damian Maya. People are calling, but complaining about this. And Maya's even saying, you know what? Fuck you guys. How about that? How about I just retire? And look, as a jujitsu guy, I was pretty excited. Uh, as a grappler, I was pretty excited about it. I was pretty, I, admittedly, I was pretty excited about it. It was a dirty fight, and he dirty, won a dirty way. And I, and I think Rocco Martin, whatever cat's name, Anthony Rocco Martin's upset. Whatever, bro. But look, this was not, in my mind, markedly different from what it was with less emotional content than what Khabib did to McNuggets. But essentially, it was a wrestle mug, which I enjoyed. And you know what? You don't like it? Like, I tap some guy with some with mother's milk, where I get his I get his fucking nose on my sternum, and I suck him in, like, right in here. And he can't breathe, and people turn their backs on me when I stood up off the mat to celebrate. And I was like, hey, bro, don't tap. I don't tap to that shit. You think people don't try to mother's milk me? Fucking relax. And I go Popeye like this and breathe out the side. Till I cause a crisis of confidence, CIC, couples in crisis, crisis of confidence, same thing. And the guy moves to something else and I can breathe. <sighs> There's a guy that he does underwater torpedo league. He's got a great name down in Southern California. I did a piece on him. He's got a lot of MMA trainers who train with him. He goes, because they figured out, the military special forces have figured out if you're doing something underwater, you can actually hold your breath longer. So they decide. So this is part of initial training, and then they just turn it into a sport game. And it's like it's like MMA underwater. And one of the women does it. Fights for Bellator, and she goes, "Oh yeah, yeah, I do it very specifically to help with my grappling because it I designifies breathing. I don't know breathing. I'm functioning. I mean, now I got to where I can hold my breath involved in physical activity for like 90 seconds. So she told me that, and I tried it. Oh, bro, that's tough, tough shit. It'd be worthwhile. So Damian Maya gave, gave me a lot, a lot of pleasure to see. I don't care what anybody said. Yes, he did, and I don't think I don't. The whoever scored those fucking judges who gave him the third round to Mar, Mar, I'm okay with the third round to Mar, but not by that margin. Whatever, whatever. So there were other fights on the card uh, that uh, were worth. That when I was fucking flipping out was Vin Pinchel, Pichel. Drew Dober got a care, a knockout of Marco Polo Reyes. Menafield I like because he beat Braveheart, and that guy was a prick. He came from the Contender Show. Like I said, I care, don't care. The Contender Show is a nice follow-on to the Ultimate Fighter. I don't know. As far as I'm sure, the Ultimate Fighter TV show is Dark Star. I thought, is it still going? I guess it is. Is it still going? I guess so, sort of. But it's a good way to do artist fighter development. Bring these guys up without all the masturbation and the salad and all that. TV show hijinks. That's a pretty good way to go. Pretty good way to go. And it's like, you got to fight. Well, I don't need all this other shit. I just need you to fight. It's some sort of passion. That's where Menafield came from. And he showed it against uh, Paul Craig. Uh, Eric Anders, I guess, won a performance tonight with a knockout of Vinicius Moria. I will not be tricked into caring about Eric Anders long term, no. Temporary care, yes. Uh, and all the rest were not. Oh, oh, Dalsha Limba And that's not nice. That's kind of shitty that I've done that. But I, I, it's going to take a while before I can pronounce his name. But that guy was fucking hot. And I, I enjoyed his fight. Same with, uh, I was kind of like Mo Green. I didn't think he was sloppy. 
but you do not shoot a man like Mo Green in the eye. And he took Steve Albini's brother, Junior Albini, and put him away. So that was that was nice. It was an interesting night of fights. I'm gonna flash forward though to uh, 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 Jones and Johnny Boney Jones against Santos. And I have to say, on the care don't care, those of you who don't watch both will know now know I made my pick, and my pick was for uh, uh, Johnny Boney Jones. I just can't, I can't just. And I, I had a whole bunch of picks. The show will be on Monday night. Uh, Steph goes live with it. Um, and I picked Gil Melendez. Those are the only two. I, I, I picked uh, uh, Amanda Nunes, despite Holly sending me bikini shots uh, on Instagram. Well, I guess she sent to everybody on Instagram, but I think very specifically she's focused on me, of course. And um, and uh, Gil, because I have to. You know, well, I don't have to, but, I mean, I'm, I'm loyal that way. Ride or die, fucking home team, known associate, friend of Knuckle Up. Known that guy saw his very first fight ever, where he came out with blue shorts, big yellow periwinkle flowers, sorry, sunflowers on him as an alternate for somebody at, at like King of the Cage or Gladiators Challenge, one of those fucking fights. Southern California, I said this kid's gonna get killed, and he just destroyed the guy. Great fight. Um, so I'm in with I'm in with the team El Nino. I don't give a shit. I don't care how wise it is. So I'm geek. I'm geeked beyond measure. I will be watching it at the wine bar. You know, fuck. ESPN Plus, uh, I, can't, I, I, I can't deal. I can't hang. I can't deal. If you're watching the show right now for another live for another two hours, I already, I already. Uh, if you follow me at Twitter at Eugene S Robinson, that's the at symbol Eugene S Robinson all run together. I tweeted out uh, through my recent tweets an article I wrote for Ozzy today on Little Pills Big Mistakes. Not my title. They gave it a different title before they went live with it about uh, on the road when Oxbow was touring with ISIS. And I had a, some Jägermeister. And I didn't, never didn't name it in the article, but you know, for your purposes, Jägermeister and Ambien and how you should never, ever, ever do that. Ever, ever, ever. Never, never, ever. So that's right now at Eugene S. Robinson. It's up there. Uh, tomorrow, uh, which means tonight at 930 because the page goes live the night before. I imagine the sex column will be live, and I got three other pieces probably that are going to hit this week. If you follow me at Eugene S. Robinson, you'll get them when I tweet them out. If you don't, then just go to ozzy.com. All right, then I can't help you. I can't think of any other options. Uh, Mr. Sleep, the number three for Instagram is how to get a hold of me. Uh, Instagram, that's how you find me. Um, Patreon.com slash the stomper. If you want to watch the show or get all the shit on just Facebook, don't want to venture far out beyond Facebook, you go to uh, facebook.com slash Stomperville. I don't know why I'm telling you this. You guys all know. Hit the ding-dong button in the top right, notifications. It'll let you know when we have new shows up for the Eugene S. Robinson Show Stomper. As soon as I finish this show, I'm going to go live with uh, the J new JJB. This has a bunch of people in it. You should watch it. Braulia Estimo would be proud. And I got some good word that somebody might be interested in picking it up. Somebody larger than just us, the Eugene S. Robinson Show Stomper fucking channel on YouTube. Stay tuned for more information. We'll let you know. But this is the end of V7-1. Bing! I am your host, Eugene S. Robinson. I lambasted ESPN for what their fucking mockery of a travesty of a sham, the Chandra that was UFC on ESPN3. 
I don't know why they did what they did. I don't know why they ruined the system they had. I don't know why they wouldn't just take that portal and charge more for it instead of fracturing it, bifurcating it, trifurcating it, and fucking me out of my money. I don't mind being fucked out of my money, but I want to get something for what I'm fucked out of, unlike my friend in Egypt who got lost everything and got nothing. That's the point of that, I guess, was that story. He lost everything and got nothing. No photos, no passport, no traveler's checks, no cash, and the sanctity of his anus, uh, it was like spending a night with McNuggets. So if you come out of it with a little bit of something, maybe some of just not so bad, but you come out of it with nothing, you fucking hate it, you hate yourself, you hate the world. That's how I feel. That's why I canceled ESPN. I will not go back. Like Sam I am, I will not go back to Fight Pass. I will not go back to ESPN. I will All I want for Christmas outside of my two front teeth are just to watch the fights. Why do you make that so fucking hard? And now I'm back to the hard land because I have to physically get myself to a fucking place, to the wine bar and pay, and my wife is fucking bored. If you could be bored at her own house comfortably, that would be cool, but now, now you fuck me, and I don't trust you, especially. Look, you know what they say about computer companies? Computer companies exist for one reason, one reason only. What's that, Eugene? To sell more computers. I have a MacBook Pro that has a disk drive. I can watch DVDs and they, that seems pretty handy. Now they got rid of it. Ah, you don't need it. We, you, you prize that. I've not heard a single person say, man, my computer is so thin. What the fuck about that? So now what do I have to do if I want to watch DVDs? Well, everything is streaming. Really? What about all those Russ Meyer movies I have in my fucking garage that he gave me? Mint condition. Well, those are v, 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 videotapes. Can't watch them anyway. But if I had them on DVD, won't be able to watch them on a new one. Well, let me get the new one. I've had this computer for 10 years. Get the fuck out of here. If I had a car for 10 years, you'd be pushing me to buy a new one? No. Oh, well, you know the software thing. Don't tell me you guys didn't know that. It's called a product cycle. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not your sucker. <laughs> and you know, those guys in the ivory towers, like, yes, you are. No, I'm not. I'm not gonna be suckered. Oh, yes, yeah. We'll get you one way or the other. We'll get you one way or the other. Well, you're not. Look at Johan Promotions. Find out where they're showing the fight. Go to watch the fight. Of course, I can't hear any other place but the wine bar, but I guess I go to the wine bar. Anyway, that's the end of the show. Thank you for listening. At last day of the month, give me a little money if you can. Patreon.com slash the stomper, T-H-E stomper. Uh, if not, that's fine. You can listen for free. I'm not being a prick about it. Uh, we will see you Tuesday night for If I Did It at 720, 7.25, uh, followed immediately by If the Shoes Fit, PR Kerfuffles. Someday, I imagine we're going to be on our own show. But thus far, I've not created any PR Kerfuffles. Joe Rogan, Hogan, Paul Jogan is coming to uh, Shoreline Amphitheater, which is not too far from here. So I was going to invite him out to Sorrell Academy because it's in Mountain View. Why the hell not? Um, and I meant to ask Steph to do that, but then, then I forgot. So anyway, uh, that's the show. We'll see you uh, Monday for, for Care Don't Care, Tuesday for If I Did, If the Shoes Fit, and otherwise we'll see you next Sunday after the big to-do. Check out my picks on Care Don't Care, and uh, until then, look what you made me do!